88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, the death toll from an explosion at an industrial plant in Jiangsu rises to 47. The US warns that international business confidence in Hong Kong is waning and EU leaders agree to extend the deadline for Brexit. The death toll from a huge explosion at a chemical plant in Jiangsu province has risen to 47, making it one of China's worst industrial accidents in recent years. At least 90 other people were seriously injured. Here's Janice Wong. Yesterday's explosion was so powerful it apparently triggered a small earthquake, knocked down several factory buildings and shattered the windows of homes a few kilometres away. Firemen battled multiple blazes throughout the night in three chemical tanks and elsewhere at the industrial park in Yangchang. Black smoke could still be seen rising from the area this morning. The city government said some 1,000 residents have been evacuated. The cause of the blaze is still not known. Six people have died after a car rammed into a crowd in the city of Zhaoyang in Hubei province. Main and state media say the driver was shot dead by police. Seven others were injured. The United States has warned in a report that what it described as increased meddling by Beijing is damaging international business confidence in Hong Kong. Wendy Wong has more. The U.S. State Department says in its 2019 report on the Hong Kong Policy Act that Beijing instigated a number of actions that appeared inconsistent with China's commitments to allow Hong Kong to exercise a high degree of autonomy. It cited incidents such as the expulsion of Financial Times editor Victor Mallet, the banning of a pro-independence political party, the jailing of young democracy activists and the barring of candidates from local elections. The report said it was more common to see mainland intervention in Hong Kong affairs and this has accelerated earlier negative trends. It also highlighted the SAR government had been taking more action that aligned with mainland priorities at the expense of human rights and fundamental freedoms. There were particular setbacks in democratic electoral processes, freedom of expression and freedom of association, it said. It said policies and practices from Beijing had had an adverse impact on Hong Kong in many areas and mainland pressure had resulted in new constraints on Hong Kong political scene. And it said growing political restrictions in Hong Kong might be straining the confidence of international business community. The new Kuomintang mayor of the town city of Kaohsiung has arrived in Hong Kong at the start of a week-long trip that includes Macau, Shenzhen and Xiamen. Han Kuo-Yu has said he wants to boost trade opportunities for his city, which has traditionally favoured the independence-leading DPP. Mr Han is considered a rising star in the opposition Kuomintang party, which backs the One China principle. He will meet Chief Executive Carrie Lam and attend an agricultural event this afternoon. Friends of the Earth is calling on the government to cooperate closely with cities in the Greater Bay Area on climate change. The Green Group's chairwoman, Mei Ng, said the economic development plan, which brings together nine Guangdong cities, Hong Kong and Macau, should go hand in hand with climate management. Ms. Ng made the comment ahead of this morning's Friends of the Earth Water Forum in Central. It brought together climate scientists, researchers and green financers. Here's Ms. Ng. They can join forces to work together on climate mitigation, climate adaptation, coastal preparedness and city resilience, sharing information, data, forecasts, risk analysis and adaptation planning. 
Seven green groups have called on the government to drop its Land Tower Tomorrow reclamation plan, saying that it would wipe out rare species found around the East, found around the East Land Tower waters. The groups have hit out at the administration's $624 billion proposal, which aims to first build an artificial island of 1,000 hectares around Khao Yi Chow for housing. The government has said the proposed reclaimed area was of less sensitive ecological value. But the groups rejected the claim, saying that they have found rare birds, reptiles, coral and dolphins there. Their spokeswoman, Wu Ming Chun, from the Hong Kong Birdwatching Society, says officials should halt the plan, or a rare lizard only found on the islands near the proposed reclaimed area will face extinction. This species, even though uh, it seems to be not really related to the reclamation, um, but once reclamation is, um, goes on, or if when people live on the island, then you can't really stop people from going on to other islands nearby. And so one day, once there is more human disturbance, or even the people might bring some other species or accidentally brought other invasive species on the island, it will probably wipe out the whole population, which means wipe out the whole population within Hong Kong, or, or, or even wipe out the whole population that uh, globally. The government has appointed Ricky Chu as the new chairman of the Equal Opportunities Commission. He succeeds Alfred Chan and begins his three-year term on the 11th of next month. Mr Chu has worked in the ICAC for 35 years and was director of investigation before he retired earlier this month. He was away from the anti-graft watchdog between 2010 and 2016 and served as the Secretary General of the Independent Police Complaints Council. In a statement, the government said Mr Chu had extensive experience in public service and described him as a fair and impartial person who possesses good leadership, management and communication skills. Despite the recent tick-up in the property market, consultancy firm Jones Lang LaSalle is still expecting prices to go down around 10% this over the year. Prices have dropped over 9% since July, but started climbing again in January. Dennis Maher, head of research at the firm, says prices have stabilised, but there's a lot of headwind in the market. At the moment, the banks are obviously flush with cash, so they're willing to lend. The stock market is doing quite well, and we're still seeing some discounting. But I think the big problem in the macro environment, especially around the trade war, is still in place. And, you know, I think people are probably maybe still a little bit too optimistic. Uh, let's not forget that the global economy is slowing. And even back at home in Hong Kong, we're seeing corporate expansion. If you look at the uh, office market, you look at take-up, that's been slowed in recent months. And let's not forget the government looks set to putting the vacancy tax. European Union leaders meeting in Brussels have agreed to give Britain two more months to prepare for its departure from the European Union. But if British MPs don't pass the withdrawal agreement, Brussels will give London only uh, two extra weeks before it leaves the bloc, possibly without a deal. MPs are due to vote for a third time on Prime Minister Theresa May's negotiated exit strategy next week. President of the European Council, Donald Tusk, explained the conditions of the extension agreement at a press conference in Brussels. Our decisions envisage two scenarios. In the first scenario, that is, if the withdrawal agreement is passed by the House of Commons next week, the European Council agrees to an extension until the 22nd of May. In the second scenario, that is, if the Israel agreement is not approved by the House of Commons next week, the European Council agrees to an extension until the 12th of April. What this means in practice is that until that date, all options will remain open.
President of the European Commission, Jean-Claude Juncker, said the 27 member states were hopeful that British MPs would now vote in favour of the negotiated deal. I have to welcome that the 27 leaders endorsed the legally binding clarification and assurances that Prime Minister May and uh, I agreed in Strasbourg. This closes and completes the full package. There is no more than we can live. There's been an angry reaction in the Middle East to President Trump's announcement that the United States will recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, territory it seized during the Six-Day War in 1967. The Arab League said the move was a violation of international law, while Turkey said it would only spark more violence in the region. But the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Mr Trump had made history. Here's the BBC's Barbara Plaza-Usher. In typical style, President Trump upended years of U.S. policy with an announcement on Twitter. Mr. Netanyahu sounded ecstatic at the news. I'm so excited, he told journalists, standing alongside the visiting Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. Mr. Trump has just made history. He has also defied the international community and the foreign policy establishment in Washington by recognizing Israel's unilateral annexation of the captured territory. Mr. Netanyahu had stepped up lobbying for such a move since Mr. Trump took office. He's gained traction by arguing that Iran is using Syria as a base from which to target Israel and the Golan Heights is the front line. President Xi Jinping will hold trade and climate talks on Tuesday with French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Angela Merkel. The meeting was announced just after Mr. Xi arrived in Rome at the start of a European tour, during which Italy is expected to sign up to his Belt and Road Initiative. The trip comes at a time of rising concern in parts of Europe about China's growing assertiveness and amid US pressure to shun telecom giant Huawei. Sean Kennedy has more. Tuesday's talks come just two weeks ahead of an EU-China summit in Brussels on April the 9th. The EU isn't too mind on how to deal with China. Some fear its growing economic and military power, but others, especially in Europe's south, are willing to make deals for investment in ports, energy and transport. During his trip, Mr Xi is expected to secure a non-binding agreement for Italy to join the one trillion US dollar Belt and Road Initiative. That has some European leaders worried that Rome will open its door to Chinese influence. Emmanuel Macron welcomed what he called Europe's awakening to the challenge posed by China after Brussels published a 10-point plan for a more assertive stance. This includes measures to push Beijing to agree to reforms of World Trade Organization rules, particularly on subsidies and forced transfers of technology. But the French president's office struck a more conciliatory tone in announcing Tuesday's talks, saying it was an opportunity to explain Europe's strategy to China. Finland's data protection ombudsman has launched an investigation after reports emerged that some Nokia-branded phones sent data to a server in China. Norway's public broadcaster said some Nokia 7 phones had sent identifiable data, including the phone number and its relevant base station. The Finnish company that owns the licence for Nokia phones said one batch of its phones mistakenly had software installed that was intended for another country. Finance and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,923. That's 155 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $57 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.77 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 30 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Chern. 
We start with football and the opening qualifying matches to Euro 2020. The World Cup finalists Croatia were made to work hard for their victory against Azerbaijan. The Croatians playing at home had to come from a goal down to take a 2-1 win against a team that's ranked lowest in their group. Elsewhere, Eden Hazard scored twice in Belgium's 3-1 win over Russia in Group I. Netherlands breezed past Belarus 4-0, while Scotland suffered a humiliating defeat. They lost 3-0 to Kazakhstan. Tonight, defending champions Portugal start their campaign at home against Ukraine, while England take on the Czech Republic. The England boss Gareth Southgate has called up the 20-year-old midfielder Declan Rice and the 18-year-old winger Callum Hudson-Odoi. Southgate has been speaking about what he's looking for when choosing his players. I know a lot has been said about what's the selection policy. Is it on form? Is it on capability?、Um, in the end, the players have got to have the quality to play in the shirt, and、um, ideally, you'd have them all playing regularly. And ideally, they'd have a certain number of games for their clubs. But I can't wait for that. I can't wait for clubs to pick players 50, 100 times. That's not the landscape we're operating in. But what we've seen in different positions is players that we think are good enough, and so we'll pick them, we'll play them,、um, and I've got no hesitation. Callum's fitted in; he looks every inch、uh, an England international in training, and、um, I wouldn't hesitate to start him in any of the games. Cricket and the India batsman Rohit Sharma says he will take on a vital role for his team in the new Indian Premier League season. His team, the three-time champions Mumbai Indians, will open their campaign against Delhi Capitals on Sunday. This year's IPL season provides a build-up to the Cricket World Cup, which starts in the end of May. Sharma says he'll lead the charge offensively for Mumbai. Yeah, I have in the past batted in the middle order. And I've opened also、uh, in few games,、uh, but yeah, I mean whatever the team requires, wherever the team requires me to bat, I have to bat in that position to make sure that we get the right balance, right composition of the team as well.、Uh, but this year、I'm, I will open the batting、uh, for all the games. That is for sure. Super Rugby has announced that Sunwolves of Japan will be cut from the competition at the end of the 2020 season. The decision follows the league's plans to put a 14-team round-robin format in place by 2021. The Japanese franchise will be dropped to make that happen. The Sunwolves have won only seven of their 43 matches since joining the competition in 2016. The news comes as Japan prepares to host a Rugby World Cup later this year. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again: death toll from an explosion at an industrial plant in Jiangsu rises to 47. The U.S. warns that the international business community in his, his confidence. In Hong Kong is waning, and EU leaders agree to extend the deadline for Brexit. And that's news from RTHK. 